Jeff, this is a reunion. I don't know how how many people know that. It officially is. I've been waiting, uh, oh, how long has it been? 20, 21 years? 26, I believe, was Holy the last time shit. we recorded together. And, and we're, we're reuniting, and I don't know how to deal with it. Uh, it's It's bittersweet. Um, one, because the rest of your, uh, hosts, uh, are not here. And I was like, I feel like I'm kind of getting ripped off in that capacity, but also, uh, I would much rather be, uh, with you in person. Yeah. You know, because I just want to look in your eyes and so, you know, of... y- you mentioned my other hosts and people might not know this, but I actually have known you longer than any other member of the besties. And I wanted to ask you. How long have you known that I'm I'm a weak, frail person? I mean, the, the second I saw you, the second yeah. I saw you, I was like, "Oh dear, uh, I hope a big gust of wind doesn't come or, uh, come along." That poor boy. Yeah, I didn't want I didn't want people to think that I I was putting this on for like the besties specifically. Like this has always been me. I've always been very true to myself, my yeah. very weak self. I, the first time I saw you, I was like, "Okay." Um, I'm going to need to feed that little boy. <laughs> I'm going to need to put some protein uh, on his plate. And what happened? Uh, I tried and I tried and your freakish metabolism yeah. uh, decided, look, you are going to stay 137 pounds for the <laughs> rest of your life. <laughs> and there's nothing I can do about it. As many times as we have had steak dinners, <laughs> chicken sandwiches, <laughs> uh, anything that would add uh, meat to most humans' bones. But nevertheless, here you are, as frail as can be, and I love it. I've been studied. Have you really? They, they still don't know. Well, I, you're getting into your later 30s. You got to imagine one day maybe some of this is going to catch up with you. Because I Either feel like, that or like I'm a house episode and it's just like that's just who I am. Sure. Like uh, like the food that travels through your digestive uh, track or whatever it is, like just enters a different uh, dimension. Yeah. Which seems like the plot to solve the case, which is like uh, Hugh Laurie will figure out where that dimension (laughs) is, where the protein zone is. This is it. We're rebooting house and it's going to be great. (laughs) No, but this is great, man. I I, I really do miss uh, you a great deal. Um, and okay, uh, I don't want, I don't know. There's no genuine emotion in the intro. I'm gonna start the show. Okay, cool. My name is Russ Frustick, and I know the best game of the week. It's so weird to do that. I guess you do it too, Jeff. Do it. My name is Jeff Bacalar, and I know the best game of the week. <sighs> you didn't. You didn't have to do it like me. That wasn't my Russ impression. I just want to. Oh, okay. Got it. I, it I, I'm offended that I thought that sounded like me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so this is the Besties. It's a video game club that goes all year long, and just by listening, you're a member. And today we have a very special guest in the form of Jeff Bacalar. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Russ. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this one-on-one special podcast and not gracing me with the other besties. This is fine. I'm used to this. I'm used to getting real close to the action, but never allowed inside the club. They specifically knew that you were doing this, and that's why they pulled out. So it should be noted that it wasn't like me 
scheduling around it. It was just them not wanting to do anything with you. I would expect it from plant. Sure. Uh, but the other two, I just can't get on board with. Now, now, Jeff, you are, what would you say you're most known for? Probably the Bombcast right now, right? At this current moment in time, sure. I don't even know anymore. I've lost all kinds of self-perception. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's all gone out the window in the last year. Jeff is over at uh, our good friend's Giant Bomb, and uh, he's been uh, doing video game stuff for, for many, many years. That is very true. Probably as long, I think, not quite as long as me, but very, very close. No, you, you, were, you were definitely one of the first two people I met uh, in, the, in that world. Yeah. And uh, luck would have it that we, we hit it off right away. And um, it was just, we int- introduced each other to uh, each other's parents right away. And That's true. It was very There was important. a bonding moment. And yeah. It, it was really sweet. Absolutely. But I wanted to talk specifically to you. Not about video games. We're going we're gonna to take a bit of a turn this oh, week. Oh, okay. Because enough already with the... Vi- like, really? Enough I know. already. I know. Who doesn't wake up every week on a Monday and just be like, oh, video games, enough already. <laughs> what more could they possibly do? No. We're going to talk about a different sort of game. And that game is a game of physics. It's a game of skill. It's a game of chance, maybe? Okay. Maybe? And that game is pinball. Oh, bless you, Russ. I knew I knew we were good friends for a reason. I knew we were besties for well, a reason. Well, we'll see. We'll see how this episode plays out uh, because I have very strong feelings about pinball, and we're gonna we're gonna go through it. Oh, we've never really addressed it, you and I. Oh boy, and we're gonna go through it on this episode. I feel so, like I'm being bait and switched right here now. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back right after this. This episode of the Besties is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so. You know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos. You can do whatever you want. And it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames. And they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so Jeff, you have an extreme passion for pinball specifically, such that you own... How many tables? Uh, right now in the house, I've got five. You've got five pinball tables. I couldn't even fit one in my apartment. Well, You've got five in the basement just no, chilling. No, not in the basement, Russ. Oh, no. You know Stacey very well. We argue about this all the time. We actually have a pinball room in the house. 
This like, is what moving to the burbs does to you. This is what it gets you. You if know, you I was raised, there was always that room that like, oh, you go in there and there's nothing really going on and it's yeah. just like the room. Yes. And, and look, now you've just used that room for pinball. I realize when you say the story about the room that nobody goes in, there's a lot of people who are just like, fuck you, rich guy. <laughs> you have a room that you don't even go in. It's just it sort was of like, like the, you know, the, the like company room, as it were. Yeah, it's like some people call it a sitting room or something like that. And, I, yeah. you know, I grew up. You know, my I, my parents uh, had a, they just had like a couch in there that was like right. very stiff uh, and like a bunch of pictures and shit, and you would never go in there. No, it's and, not and to be one, touched. And then one day, my brother and I used, became teenagers, and my dad's like, "Yo, let's put a pool table in there." I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, where where's that been for the last decade?" So I uh, we had a sitting room in this new house, and I was like, "Look, one day." And I said this in this exact volume that I'm saying it right now under my breath. I said, one day, I'm going to put a bunch of fucking pinball machines in there. <laughs> and then the pandemic started, and uh, that opened the door for the uh, rapid acceleration of that plan. Just because you were home all the time. Exactly. Yeah. So you've got five. And um, I guess we should start at, like, I want to know where this sort of started for you. Were you a childhood pinball person? And I also want to know what you know about sort of the origins of pinball. I know I know you're not an expert expert, but certainly you understand that pinball, especially in the uh, American Northeast, has like a very weird history. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm definitely aware of the shattered past that pinball has. Um, and it's like weird association with like mafia, illegal yeah, gambling. Sure. Um, I feel like LaGuardia had a lot to do with pinball. The mayor, not the airport. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And then they, the way he handled it so poorly, they said, we're going to name the worst airport in the world <laughs> after you. Um, so that whole history we could get into. But my personal history, um, I've, I've been fascinated with pinball uh, since I can, uh, since my earliest arcade memories. Mm. There's something about Rube Goldbergian adjacent shit that has always attracted me where I just loved like that opening scene in, in Wee's big adventure where like the breakfast sure. machine, like all that sort of stuff following the, the, the chain of events along and, and like, you know, unpacking the schematics of like figure a hits figure B and figures, you know, all that sort of stuff, all the cause and effect and the, and the sort of controlled chaos. I've been, a, I've been really, really, really fascinated by as long as I can remember. And I, been playing pinball since I was probably four or five years old. Mm. Um, when I was starting to go into arcades and whatnot in the, um, in like the early nineties, you know, you had the most popular pinball game of all time in every arcade, right? That's Adam's family. Oh, sure. And no one's made more games. Uh, there's never been more models of a, of a game made than 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 that one. That's and funny because because my immediate thought was the Jurassic Park game. The I think did Sega do that or Data the, East? Data East, the one where you pulled the gun trigger. Yeah, like, I think that was Data East. Um, but Adam's Family is also very obviously everywhere. Yeah, Adam's Family is pervasive in a way that you like everyone just sort of knows even some of the call outs. Even if sure. you spent a, a, a marginal amount of time in arcades in the 90s, you know what that game looks like and what it sounds like. And um, that has always been like the one that I've always wanted to own and, and sort of, 
you know, restore if I need to and sort of have in my life. But I, I, I think that game could deserves a lot of the credit for sucking me in in a way that um, it became a lifelong passion. Yeah. Um, real quick, just a quick history lesson. My understanding of it, and I haven't done a ton of research, but uh, bear with me, is pinball was made illegal, uh, specifically in New York, because it was decreed that it was effectively a slot machine. It was random. And because of that, it was gambling and therefore illegal. The way that it became unillegal was that there was a major, basically, court case regarding this. And to the way to prove that it was uh, uh, not gambling was they brought in, a, effectively, a pinball expert right. to go and absolutely crush and demolish the current pinball game of the time to prove that it was actually a game of skill and not a game of chance. Yes. Yes. I'm familiar with that uh, with that tale. Yeah. So I have not experienced that myself because I've always been very bad at pinball, but I do appreciate that probably timing has something to do with do being good at pinball. Yes. Are you trying to say that you are somehow uncoordinated? I mean, I'm very coordinated with certain things, but there's something about pinball that I cannot for the light. Like I see, I know I got to hit the ball at a precise time to get it up in that left corner or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And for the life of me, I can't consistently do it. And I get, I mean, you know, I guess it is a game of inches or even millimeters for that matter. And that level of precision, I've just never been very good at. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and going back to like, just to, just to unpack that whole, like, this is an illegal game uh, narrative that like, I, I just don't understand what was going on in the world where people came together and they were just like, look at this fucking evil pinball machine. Look what it's doing, <laughs> sucking quarters or whatever, pennies out of people's pockets. Well, I like, mean, it, you know, with video games, it's the same. Every generation has this. This is the ills of the world. Right. Like Satan device. is inside this machine. Sure. Um, I also don't understand like the whole gambling thing because it's not like you were wait like, was there a pinball machine out there that like if you scored really high, you won money? That's a like, good point, actually. Right? Yeah, no, I've never heard of that. So, so like, I don't understand, like, what's the difference? You know, anyway, we, we, we don't have to spend too much time on that, in hindsight, incredibly stupid story. Um, I am curious, though, like, we're talking historically, like, I'm sure you've played, like, very old machines yes. versus very new machines. Yes. And I'd be curious to know, obviously, you know, computer screens and shit like that, but the actual mechanics of the games themselves, how drastically they've changed. You know, obviously with video games, you look at fucking Pac-Man or whatever, and you compare that to Elden Ring, there's a bit of a jump. I Some feel like say, with pinball, yeah. probably not that dramatic of a jump, but I'm well, sure there is a lot of nuance there. You just sound like a... Like a a total novice. You just sound like such an <laughs> I am uninformed. Not, I'm telling shit. you. I mean, no, I'm kidding. If I had a choice of where to spend quarters, it wouldn't be a pinball machine. Well, I'm going to change your mind by the end okay. of this episode, uh, my dear friend. Look, I guess at its core, sure, you know, maybe the same argument could be said for like, there's just a controller, right? Like, pinball has always had flippers for the most part. Sure. It's always had pop bumpers, which are those you know, iconic uh, circular looking target things and usually spinners and spinners yeah. are the little gates that a ball goes through. And every time a rotation happens, uh, a switch is activated. And that's kind of like the hallmarks of a pinball game, but the leaps and bounds 
uh, of which this this sort of medium has evolved in the last. Even I think the biggest evolution is probably in the last maybe fifteen years. Mm. But um, but yeah, like uh, there's there's a lot a lot of differences, and and most of it is the entry into the digital electronic and digital age, right? Where you just have a computer controlling a game in a way that uh, speed has taken over. And it's just so much of a faster game. If you look at games made before the 70s, the play field is like almost flat. Like the degree at which a, a, t- a play field is angled, they were designed to be played on a much more flatter huh. surface. Never 180 degrees, right? Because you just, that just wouldn't make sense. But sure. the incline is not what it is uh, now for pinball machines. Now, a pinball machine, I have my little leveler angler thing, and when I place it between the flippers, the ideal sort of angle is about six and a half to seven degrees. Okay. Yeah. And and that makes for obviously a fast, the ball rolls faster down the it's slope. A, it's a faster game. The, the, you know, there's much more rubber on the play field, meaning there's a lot more places for a ball to bounce around. There are more balls in games now. You know, most games have anywhere from five to seven um which not you know, during a multi-ball you mean just in general no sometimes i mean the the latest ninja turtles game that stern put out had a multi-ball where i think there were like eight and that was too many so they updated the game and i think they brought it back down to five and you just have to throw that ball away no that's the cool thing um god it's just stupid fucking thing to say Russ. I fucking, <laughs> it's just so so <laughs> tasteless um no so that's the cool thing about uh pinball games now uh any game made i think i guess in like the last 10 years maybe eight years uh they all have uh pcbs with usb ports on them and they can update the code on them so no but uh, but if they removed a ball where's that extra ball going it just stays in the in the trough it just doesn't it doesn't the the game knows not to release it sure and or slash hold it for the multi-ball mode so you can with with a software update they call it code updates you can essentially change all of the rules of the game like you are you a programmer can re-alter uh all of the rules all of the objectives the the way the lights react you know now that all these games have uh lcd screens on them you can completely change all the graphics Mm. the music i mean are people like mod like in the way you release like a skyrim mod are people modding yes that's amazing. So uh, it's a really good example. So for the Ninja Turtles one, uh, which is a really, really good example, they had like the theme song redone from the 90s. Sure. Um, and it sounded really good, but, you know, there was a, a, a very vocal minority of people who were like, mm, no, let's actually just rip out the literal intro from the 90s a cartoon and just right. put it in our games. And with that comes people lifting videos and replacing the uh, custom built ones for the game with original ones from the cartoon, stuff like that. Almost every game has a sort of mod scene uh that uh takes uh the code into their own hands and sort of updates on a more cosmetic basis not necessarily yeah, the sure. rules or anything like that but um, you're but, but how yeah. much are you like if it if it is mostly software based these days are you still like you know rolling under the pinball machine on like one of those like car fixing things to like <laughs> adjust i don't know there's still like physical spinners and stuff like oh yeah like you're talking just maintenance right yeah maintenance sure yeah like games require maintenance they uh 
they are designed to take a hell of a beating, right? Because, you know, up until the pandemic, the home ownership it was very much a thing, but a lot of games found their found their way into bars and arcades where they would just get the ever loving shit beat out of them. Yeah, and you know these operators would have to, and they still do. This is very much still a thing. They have to go to the games and clean them and wax them and you know replace broken bulbs, replace broken switches. A lot can go wrong with the game uh, when it's out there in the open. And people just treat it like a table or whatever it is. Um, so are you fixing yourself or are you actually calling a guy? No. So so the cool story about this in my journey, um, there was a, a Bombcast uh, slash Beastcast, I think, uh, a fan, uh, really, really excellent gentleman, uh, had a situation come up where he had a funhouse game that okay. – needed a home and i'm picturing like a giant scary mouth when i think the funhouse yeah, pinball it's machine the, it's the 19 it the same designer as adam's family yeah it was from 1990 it is pretty much a classic uh mm-hmm. as far as you know I, i've learned to really love the game but uh it was uh a pat lawler jam and pat lawler a very very famous pinball game designer he had this game up in Connecticut and it was like sitting in a garage for four years. Wow. And this thing needed a lot of work. So I drove up there. A oh, little, little fun fact. Ed Boone is the voice of Rudy, which yeah. is the, the little, uh, you know, uh, dummy. Ed Boone of Mortal Kombat fame. Exactly. Mortal because Kombat. this was a Williams, which I believe became Midway. Right. I think that's the connection. I think that's like the, the sort of thing. Yeah, so you ended up going up there and like hauling this thing down and basically what do you you you've learned to fix it yourself? So I plug this thing in, uh, I get it home, I plug it in and it turns on and I'm like, "Holy shit, this thi- You didn't even know it turned on? It could have been just like fully busted? Totally. Well, so I you know, I figured, look, I was like, "Hey, there's an internet. I'll figure <laughs> this out." Sure. Right? Like this and and this game is highly sought after, like completely uh, re restored versions of this game go for like ten, twelve thousand oh dollars. So I'm God. like, oh, I'm like, okay, this is, you know, this is this is salvageable. I yeah. figured, uh, and I got a, you know, I got up there and I looked at it. And I was like, okay, this seems okay. I plug it in, it turns on, and then I notice really quickly, like, oh, nothing really works. Like, yeah, the flip, one of the flippers was broken. Like everything was just, and, it, and an and, evil spirit flies out of the. Oh, it device. is possessed. I still sure. have to figure out how to exercise this thing, but um, it just went like pew and just oh, died out. God. And then again, I really have to be super thankful to our community, uh, people who really reached out and and said like, you know, there's people out there who are very much into this scene and people who are like, hey, I'm going to help you. I can help you. Yeah. And I learned... I basically went from no fundamental understanding of just straight up circuitry, right? Like sure. just how a PCB works. And and I went from zero knowledge to uh, soldering and fixing switches and fixing bulbs, replacing parts, components, rebuilding, restoring, waxing, cleaning, replacing rubbers, which are like all the little rubbery rubber bands on, on a play field that uh, allow for the ball to knock around in a real satisfying way. And I, I essentially 
brought that machine completely back to life. It's fully Amazing. functional. There's a couple things that are still a little weird with it, but it is fully functional and playable and beautiful. Once you replace all these bulbs, all those incandescent bulbs with LEDs and the, the you know, the game just pops and yeah. it's a beautiful machine now. And, uh, I, I, it's, it was really a labor of love. It took me maybe about three months to restore it. And, um, you know, it was all through, through the help of people in the community. And Stace is okay with the idea that this like loud fucking room exists in her house. No, <laughs> she's not okay with it. You know her. She's not. Okay. She, no, she's like, I was no. gonna say no. She. Uh, so you know, look. Am I? I. I can't play this at all hours of the night, right? I sure. can't play m- these games. But um, you know, they're in your house, and after a while, you're like, you know what? Let me try this out. And here's the thing. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. And especially when you start to learn a game and learn the rules and, and, and become super familiar with the game where you're like, okay, I could get better at this. I know the rules now. Sure. And that's something we absolutely have to get into too at some point here where it's like pinball, the barrier to entry is incredibly difficult because when you go to an arcade, you sort of just, you don't know what the rules are. Yeah, you just, you're just you, hitting stuff around like, and points are going up, but you don't yeah, know what you're, you're doing. You're like, ball can't go down the, the drain and yeah. that's it. So anyway, Stace, you know, has learned to love pinball in a way. I don't want to say learned to love. It seems like she was forced. (laughs) She has organically fallen in love with pinball. And the great tragedy, though, is, you know, I get a lot of games that come in. uh, I stream them and then they go back out. Yeah. And a lot of the games that have gone back out are some of her favorites. So right Uh, now she doesn't really have like a favorite maybe aside from Funhouse. But but yeah, that's sort of like... The, the the great uh, the great tragedy of it for her because some of the games you know some of them they're mine but some of them uh, I have to return at some point and yeah uh, you know, I think we're gonna we're gonna go through a, a your top five in the in the second half of the show but I do want to say just for this segment obviously there's a big square footage issue here mm. and certainly you know I've mentioned I live in an apartment more or less pinball is off the table. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I get it. But I do feel like a lot of people these days, their pinball experience is video game pinball. Mm -hmm. And obviously Mm -hmm. there's a number of them. Zen pinball is one of them. I know there's like a bunch out there. Um, What is your general feeling? How close has a pinball video game gotten to recreating pinball? I mean, you know... You could say not. Uh, we were not p- played by, uh, paid by big big pinball here, so it's like it's fine. <laughs> well, I am no. Um, look, like th- those games are fine, right? Like those games are pretty good. I like the Zen stuff. I yeah. think that's pretty good. I like how inventive their tables are. Uh, I was a really big fan of that Walking Dead one from a few years ago. Um, but you know, I mean, it's just like when you, uh, you know, when you've got it uh, here, and you, you know, like it's just, it's just different. There is, yeah, there, it is an unreplaceable thing. You know, it's just like uh, any sort of, you know, I guess it would be the same. Like if you have a bowling alley in your house, or you have video game bowling, Wii bowling. Like, <laughs> you know, like yeah, you know what? Yeah. The the real thing is gonna always really trump that. I I just think. You know, I think it's great for like portable play. Like I do, sure. I do uh, enjoy playing pin, uh, the virtual pinball on my Switch when I'm on the go back uh, in the before times. But um, for me, there is a certain physics um, mechanic that these games have never been able to replicate in a way where you're sort of impressed and and you know you you lock into it and that's not to that's not meant as a slight 
I th- you know, I think those developers realize like it is chasing this impossible thing. But um, I, I think there's plenty of really solid virtual pinball out there for sure. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We'll jump back. We've got Jeff's faves coming up and some reader mail. Stick around. You go get a phone. You just want a phone. Talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans, there is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution to save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plans jaw-dropping monthly bills the unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com slash besties that's mintmobile.com slash besties cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties additional taxes Fees and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have, and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties that's rocketmoney.com slash besties rocketmoney.com slash besties okay we're back welcome we're here with jeff bacalar jeff bacalar is obsessed with pinball he's dedicated an entire room i'm trying to do the the uh you've never uh, been this american life oh yeah oh like act two act two act two all right here we go here we go we're here with jeff (laughs) jeff loves pinball his wife doesn't. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, but I wanted to talk a little bit about some of your favorite pinball machines. We talked about Funhouse, right? Um, which I'm sure is on the on your list. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's let's see if we can do a top five. Okay. And we'll see if some of these I might have played. Yeah, I mean, Adam's family got it has to be up there. I don't really sure. feel good about like a one, two, three, four, five. No, we, we don't thing. have to order it. I understand. I think Adam's family is up there. Even if I think over the years that game, because I've played it so much... 
you do sort of like learn all the rules and you're constantly chasing that dragon of like, well, can I beat 10 billion? Can I do, mm. you know, so, you know, people call it like their grail game. Like that's yeah. the one you want. That's still one I will absolutely own one day. Um, you I, mentioned uh, the call outs. Can you, can you remind people what it, what is some of the famous call outs from that game? Oh, well, anytime any of the, the slingshots, which are the, the bumpers next to the flippers, it's like, uh, it's, it's Raul Julia and, uh, Angelica Houston going like, you know, Gomez, Tish, Gomez, <laughs> like that stuff's amazing. There's a whole mamushka, um, oh, sure. gameplay mode. The vault plays a big, uh, part of the game. So Raul Julia will call out as Gomez, like straight to the vault, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's just, it's just great. And even the, and what's funny is it's. The audio quality of that game, as the years go on, it leaves a bit to be desired. Sure, uh, but there's st- there's a certain sort of nostalgic, you know, like lo-fi. Yeah, thing it that wouldn't comes work if it was like perfect audio, right? It wouldn't be like the thing you remember. I'll tell you this. Uh, so there's a company called Chicago Game Company that has been remaking a lot of classic games. Like they'll get the license for the game and they will remake it one to one. Yeah. Like they did it for, uh, they're doing it for Cactus Canyon. They're, they're doing it for, they've done it for Monster Bash, which is probably in my top five as well. Um, so I, I think there might be a day where like that stuff gets remade. Sure. Um, but yeah, like uh, it's it's definitely got its, um, you know, qualities because of, you know, it is approaching what? Jeez, it's a 32-year-old game by now. So, But I feel like at that point, people would just mod in a filter that makes the audio kind of shitty. Maybe. I, I don't see why not. Like, yeah. presumably they would do that. And, and you know, we should we should definitely spend a second to talk about, like, what, like, just how insane the, the LCD screen art and all that stuff and what it's done for the game. Like, but um, just to go back to the favor. So, definitely yeah. Adam's Family. I think Jurassic Park, the new one they made, uh, I do have that in the house as well. That game is just, it is unbelievable. There's uh, Keith Elwin who designed that game, who's basically like, I'd say the most popular, prolific game designer of the moment right now. Yeah. He's just on a tear. And this game was sort of his first truly, truly strong effort. People, Is this one themed after the new movies? No. So this is weird. So... This one was themed from the 94 one. They only got Wayne Knight's likeness for it. <laughs> and the likeness and like the the theme, that iconic. Sure. I mean, the theme is important, sure. But like everything else is like not, it's no. not Sam Neill. It's not Goldblum. It's not Lord. Dur- it's like. Yeah, because I remember in the original Jurassic Park pinball, you'd hear Goldblum going, go, 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 go. Yes. And that was like a big, call. that is very much stuck in my head. So that's, you don't get that. Yeah, that's not there. But, you know, for the purposes of like the theme, it still sort of works because you do have that iconic score. Mm. Um, You know, there Wayne Knight's in it enough where you're just sort of like, okay, (laughs) that's cool. And they re-record a lot of dialogue, you know, and you're sort of like, you know, like there's a whole hacking element. So it's like, it's a Unix system. You know this, like that sort of stuff. Um, But the best part of this game is just how fun it is to play and the rule set is so strong and some of the shots are truly unique. I mean, this game came out, I think, in 18 or 19 and it came out in 19 
And um, for its time, which is only three years ago, it blew people away with the creativity of shots yeah. and whatnot. It really changed the the, the game. Um, and it's wild because this, this has been happening. Like there's been very slow but steady improvements in like what they can do in and under the play field. And all of the gadgets and toys, you know, have really just exploded uh, in a way that is like, just just moving at a breakneck speed. It's super. Yeah. It's super cool to see. That's awesome. Um, okay, let's let's see. So we've got uh, Adam's family. We've got Jurassic Park. We've got. Would you say Monster Mash was one Mo- of them? Monster Bash is definitely Bash. one of them. Um, I gotta say Deadpool. Oh yeah, Deadpool from two from twenty eighteen. It's a super simple sort of layout. It's only a, a regular two flipper layout. But it has some of the best modes and some of the best shots. And this game plays like butter. Like mm. anyone can play this game and and complete a couple combos and just feel like they are rocking this thing. I don't even know what a combo is. Combo is just basically two uh, ramps or or orbits in a row where you oh, got it. Where you okay. and the game awards you for for things like that. So yeah. the cool thing about Deadpool is um, I didn't start playing it until a couple of years after it released. Um, I also do have this one in the house as well. And apparently when it first came out, people were sort of lukewarm on it. And then this massive code update hit mm. and it completely changed the game and accelerated it into royalty like right wow. away. And uh, it's funny, like uh, Nolan North does uh, Deadpool's voice in it. Uh, Brian Posehn wrote a lot of it. Like it's got all the pedigree and and like it, and it's perfect. I know people are sort of like, a little, you know, they kind of roll their eyes with Deadpool stuff, but this game just nails that whole vibe. And best of all, like it is supremely unique and incredibly fun to play. Um, it's just, it's just got so many shots that you're just sort of like, oh wow, you just have to trust a lot of physics and a ball hmm. will do. I mean, these both those balls are heavy duty. They're like ball bearings. Like they will, uh, they will attach themselves to rails and, and, really impress you with with just what's going on in that game like it is a lot of fun to play okay and you've got one more to add to your list this is tough because godzilla just came out and it's it's just another banger um so i would i would maybe put godzilla there but i would also i gotta spread the the love around from different makers and there's a company called jersey jack that put out a guns and roses game uh late at the end of 2020 and that is the most uh technically impressive hmm. work of art i've ever seen <laughs> like this game dude i can, it, it the amount of production value and the amount of just circuitry and wizardry that is going on under the hood of this game like this game Slash's got, like, hat involved, I feel like that would be on the board. Of somewhere. course it is. Yes. Slash helped design it. Slash of course he did. He's a well, he's a big pinball fan. Oh, yes. Yeah. And um what's funny, it's funny because Stacy was reading his biography and he like calls out pinball like a lot of times <laughs> in, the, in the book. And she's like, No, they weren't joking. This dude's actually super into pinball. Um and uh, he helped design it, and it's obviously got a ton of their songs, which you which you do forget a lot of the bangers that that band put out, and this game 
you, know, you perform them, quote unquote, in the game. So there's like a mode where you have to put a ball in a scoop and then you enter like performance mode and you have to hit a certain amount of targets to keep the song playing, almost like a Guitar Hero sort oh, wow. of style. Uh, so it's it's so awesome and such a beautiful game. Um, like a, a light show that is just intoxicating like you play this game with the in the dark and you will just melt into it it is unbelievable and and that's the 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 thing that those jersey jack games uh they sort of separate themselves from you know stern and all the other makers Mm. they make one game a year uh stern makes maybe like three to five a year and they put all their eggs in in one basket and really knock it out of the park they're a lot more expensive too but uh Man, that was a great game. They also did a, a, a Willy Wonka game a couple years ago. That's really awesome, too. Is there, like, a an entry? Like, obviously, they're not, like, cheap. But no. if someone wants to sort of dip their toe into owning a pinball machine, is there one in particular that you think would be, like, the one? Yeah, I think... So, we talked about Jurassic Park, and uh, recently they put out a version, like, a sort of entry-level version of that game, where it's a completely different game. But it's a it's a couple thousand dollars cheaper, and okay. I think they just call it like um, they call it like Jurassic Park Home Edition. Sure, and it's the same size as a regular game, but it's much cheaper than mm-hmm. a, a full sort of uh, you know full price game. So I think if you're serious about wanting to dip your toes in that world, that's probably the best place to start because. The barrier to rent, like price wise, like you are going to be spending, you know, upwards of six thousand dollars to get one of these games in your house. But that Jurassic Park one starts, I think, at forty six hundred, which yeah. is not as crazy. Again, no, that, like, that is like not you, as crazy. Like if you're in that ballpark, you've already <laughs> decided. Like I am a pinball adjacent freak, and I may be ready to do this. Uh, but I think for forty six hundred bucks, it's a pretty approachable price uh for some people cool okay so thank you jeff Mm. that was a good list we have some questions from people okay specifically for you specifically about pinball oh great this comes from chris f genuinely how does one get skilled at pinball it seems like complete randomness and chance whenever i hit the ball with the flipper and does something cool i want to be good but it all just seems like luck of the draw i feel the same way okay so there, there's basically two ways to play pinball. You know, there's like when a, when like a kid goes up to a pinball machine, it's like I said earlier, it's just like, don't let the ball fall. Don't let the sure. ball fall. Then there's the way where you have to catch the ball. And you have what? to hold it. You have to catch the ball. You have to hold oh. it in one of the flippers. Sure. And decide where you want to shoot. Okay. And that is how you start, right? Like the big barrier to entry, the, the problem why people have such issues with pinball is because they don't know the rules. And that's completely understandable because how would you learn it? Like these rules are deep, man. It's yeah. not just like A, B. There are an endless layers of complexity. And There's like missions you have to complete and, and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. All the objectives are represented with lights on the play field. But now that every game has an LCD screen, it's much. it's laid out in a much better way. Mm. There's always going to be something that's flashing. There's always going to be a, 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 a shot that kicks off a mode. But to answer the question from the, from the emailer, it's all about catching the ball and deciding where you want to shoot. Yeah. And once you start doing that and get comfortable with being patient, right? Because 
Patience is a big part of the game. Uh, it is the it is the <laughs> it is the Elden Ring of <laughs> of uh, interactive arcade games. You have to be patient because you have to learn what to do. If you just go crazy and just whack the flippers and just sort of you know you're only going to get random success. Sure. Uh, and, and now that you've like played these games a lot, are you still catching or are you just like letting it like you have the timing down? So it depends on what the what I need to do. Like I'm at the point with a game like Deadpool where I've played it so much and I also know my game so well. Like, don't forget, these are made on an assembly line and they all have tiny, tiny different yeah. characteristics. Right. So like in, in differences. So because I know my game so much, I'm very good. If I play Deadpool at an arcade, it might take me three or four games before I understand its tendencies and its nuances. Like you're always going to have, you know, a, a different kind of fingerprint for each game. Um, but that's that's a big part of it too. It's getting to feel it, and another reason why just going to an arcade and playing a, a pinball game like once or twice, you're just gonna strike out. Like now, I can go into a, an arcade and play a random game I've never played before and have some success just because I already have trained myself to kind of be patient. Sure. Most games I like. Most games follow a similar sort of formula where it's like, okay, I know there's going to be a way to lock balls for a multi-ball and there's usually a very accessible multi-ball because don't forget, like a lot of these games are in arcades because they want you spending some money on it. So there is that element of like, let's make this mode fun and accessible and easily unlockable so that there's the attraction to maybe try to get it again and play it again. Um, but you know, it, there's a certain set of skills that you organically learn when you replay a game over and over and over again. And now all the games that I have, I've developed this sort of relationship where I can kind of play a little looser. Um, but, but yeah, like there are plenty, like every time I play, I am catching a ball. And every time there's a multi ball, I'm trying to catch multiple balls mm. because I want to give one flipper a chance to give me that single shot. So I'll catch like three balls on one flipper, leaving the other flipper uh, with one ball. And then you learn how to like transfer balls. Oh and God. you also got a nudge. You got to smack this game. You got to lean into it. Okay, this is relevant. Oh, okay. This is a good segue to the next question. So this question comes from Jaconian. What are your thoughts on numbing the table as a way to manipulate the ball without tilting the table? Yeah. That's, that's, uh, Jaconian says, I grew up playing pinball tables in the 70s, grew accustomed to anything more than a tap would tilt the table. So... So that is an adjustable thing too. So if you're playing a game where like you sneeze on it and it tilts, yeah. that is the operator's choice to make that game so sensitive. So they're either like, hey, I want to make this game super hard or they're like, I don't want anyone fucking with my game. So yeah. So look, a little bit of transparency here. The way that works is there is a thing called a plumb bob under the table. And it's basically like a hanging sort of pendulum that has a cone-shaped piece of metal at the bottom of it. Now, that cone-shaped piece of metal can screw, can unscrew or screw and lower or raise the height of it. Around it is a ring, an electric ring. Mm. When that cone-shaped metal touches the ring, the game tilts. Yeah. So, I take that off. Okay. And I just leave the peg. So, if I tilt, I've really, really moved this thing around. Yeah, I got it. There's nothing wrong with nudging a game. In fact, it is absolutely encouraged. That is what pinball is. The great thing about pinball is that it's this physical thing in front of you that you can manipulate with 
with motion, with, with mm. nudging it. So that's absolutely encouraged. All I do is, is rock these games. They're built for it. They're meant for it. You know, the tilt thing is the variable where the sensitivity of it varies game by game. But I wonder, I wonder what the standard, I don't know the answer. I was going to say, like, what is, like, if you're doing a world championship, yes. whoever that has the world high score, how would you necessarily know that? Like, presumably there are settings that are like the default settings. I'm going to ask my, uh, so I've, you know, obviously a bunch of friends who work in this world. I've, it's just never really come up, but I will yeah. ask, I will ask where, where the standard is. I would imagine for tournament play, there is some sort of like standardized tilt sure. sensitivity and that's what they sort of use as, as the, as the, you know, barometer for it. But, um, but yeah, nudging all that stuff. Absolutely. It's so funny. I had my uncle over a couple of weeks ago and he's in his sixties and you know he's a he you know he was freaking out with all the games in the house, so he starts playing, and he put his foot he like assumed this very organic stance where I was like oh my man's been playing pinball for like four decades like he knows what's up he put his right foot on one of the legs and he used that to sort of nudge oh, and I was like crazy. oh wow you've got like a perch you've got like a actual grip on this thing with your foot. And it was super successful. And like, he was good. Like he, he knew that we, what to look out for. And the fact that the game will literally say now, like, Hey, shoot the left ramp. Like it's, it's, it's easier now. It's, yeah. It's more comp. It's more, uh, uh, involved, but it's, it's definitely easier now. There's less guesswork. Yes. Yeah. Um, we have one more question. This comes from Bob. Can Jeff really tell the difference between stock pinballs and his preferred extra shiny special pinballs? <laughs> the only the only difference is how they look. Okay. Right? Like the so I was I unboxed I think like a Mandalorian game uh <laughs> last year. And the first thing I do is I replace the stock balls with like these ultra shiny chrome balls. Sure. Which and are sick. Just, I mean, like, yeah, that's the pretty. standard, right? Like, yeah. they're just pretty. Um, and that's really the only reason. Like, the the big joke in the in the industry is, like, the stock balls are garbage. Like, throw mm. them, like almost throw them away. <laughs> You're spending so much money on this game. They couldn't include, like, really shiny, nice chrome balls. But, alas, no. So, and look, I, re I usually replace a lot of the flipper rubbers, too, right away. Mm. Because the stock ones just uh, that I can tell that I, that I can tell ten times out of ten what kind of rubbers on the on the flippers the ball if they're as if they're all chrome no you can't tell have you ever had to replace a ball because it's been used too much like I've, it turns into a cube <laughs> well, I've cracked a couple no um, no never I, okay. you know you you want to clean them when they start to get scuffed up but that's sure. about it yeah okay um, wow. That is quite a rundown. Am I sold on pinball now? I still, I like it. It's fun. I'm not sure that's where my first quarter would go, but if I were to visit, I would definitely spend a lot of time in that room, I'm sure. Wow, so wow, so that's the best I could get out of you. If I came to your house and had access to unlimited free <laughs> pinball, I would maybe take a gander. <laughs> I mean, you've made me, you've definitely piqued my interest, but it is difficult to get, like, for me to get, like, super into it because I feel like it's just something that I'm just never going to personally, like, just, I mean, until I move, it's yeah. not that I'm planning on moving. I'm never going to personally have that option in my house. But I do think the next time I go in an arcade, if they still exist, 
I will be more on the lookout for some of the games you mentioned, Deadpool and the new Jurassic Park, certainly. Well, that, and that's the thing too, right? Like, I think pinball is way more accessible now because of the rise of all those retro arcades. Yeah. And, you know, near me, uh, there's one that has like 25 games in immaculate condition. It's where I play Adam's Family all the time. Like, you can develop that relationship that I was describing where you learn a game thanks to those sorts of things. And I know where you live, Russ, and I know there's access to tons of pinball where you live. That sounds like a threat that you know where I live. No, this is not what I was getting at. I was just saying, like, you, <laughs> I was just saying, <laughs> you can get it if you want it. No, no, I know. I know. Um, but, but that's the thing. I think people, you know, it's sort of like watching, you know, I've been watching a lot of, like, Elden Ring speedruns uh, lately. And I'm yeah. just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what am I? What? And that's sort of the thing, like, the appreciation I can get from someone doing such an impossible thing, I've started to see similarities and when I, and how I see really, really good pinball players play. Yeah. And now that pinball streaming, you know, it is very, it's a very small sort of portion of Twitch, but like now that I see that kind of being a thing and watching other people play and just when I stream too and, and noticing like people have, I think it's allowed people to understand how, um, you know, how skilled and how interesting these games actually are. I Mm -hmm. think that's been, that's done a lot in the way of creating this sort of educational awareness about it. And it's, it's awesome. It's, it's been really, really cool to watch. Outside of your streaming, are there any other streamers you'd recommend? Yeah. uh, My buddy, Jack, uh, who does dead flip, uh, he goes by dead flip. Okay. Uh, He's, he's probably the, the guy, I also watch uh, Buffalo Pinball, I think it's called, every now and then. Mm. Those are probably the two that jump out. But but Jack, uh, he goes by Jack Danger. He actually designed that Jurassic Park Home Edition game oh, great. That, uh, that just came out. So he knows his shit. He does. Good dude. Cool. Uh, before we wrap, any other things that you've been playing and or enjoying, watching maybe, that you'd put in our honorable mention section? Outside of pinball? Outside of pinball. Oh, my God. Um, I know. Yes. I've been making my way through Toast of London. Oh, that's with Matt Berry. Yes. and I love Matt Berry. I've not seen Toast of London. Oh, dude. You, you got to get on that. Yeah, is um, it good? It's just... There, it, it is weird in a way that I feel like I'm surprised I had not heard about it before. Mm-hmm. I had known about the show for a while, but just never really dipped my toes in it. And then obviously watching What We Do in the Shadows, you're just like, I got to get more of that guy. Yeah, he plays Laszlo on What We Do in Shadows. Yeah, and uh, you know his whole like, bat. Like, I just was like, okay, <laughs> I, I need more of this. Where can I get more of this? And someone, I think Lucy James had recommended Toast of London to me a really long time ago. And, and Stacey and I are finally making our way through it. And it has led to at least a dozen, like, you know, do you do this? I, I do this a lot where I'll pause the, the, the show because I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> and then I hit like the five second rewind just to like experience it again and again and again until I stop having like that cackle reaction. Um, and I, there, that's happened like a dozen times so far. And we're only through the first, uh, two seasons of that show. What is that on Netflix? Um, yeah, the, so the most recent one, we had to buy the couple first seasons, but the most recent one, uh, which I think they called it toast of Tinseltown because Mm -hmm. I think they, I think he came to the States. The character did in the last season. Uh, I think that's on Netflix. 
I've been watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh. You've heard about this. I like, have heard about it, yes. So I, we started a podcast called Jeff Jeff's Bizarre Adventure, <laughs> uh, where we're, we're doing a three-episode-per-episode uh, uh, recap of that show, and that's been that a lot of fun. That has something to do with Yes, correct? The band Yes? Oh, yeah. They 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 do the, the closing credit song. They use yeah. Roundabout. Yeah. yeah. And there's one other what oh and I've so I'm such a dick. I, I had the Mandalorian game for close to a year and I never watched the show. So I like knew the great music and I knew, you know, I knew like somehow Bill Burr is gonna show yeah, up sure. in this fucking thing and Amy Sedaris and all these like I was and and then uh, I gave, you know, I had to give the, the game back and I just started watching it and I finished the first season and I was like, you know what? I'm not a huge Star Wars guy, but yeah. to me, like, this is the most fun Star Wars has been. A hundred percent agree. And honestly, I think the second season's even better. And I'll, I'll say this, Bill Burr turns in one of the best performances I've ever seen in a Star Wars thing. So see, that you have see, that to look forward to. So, and I, and I've only watched the first two episodes of season two. I did the ice spider episode yeah. and, and I'm just like, there's just so much like monster of the week goofiness going yeah. on in that show too, where I'm just like, man, if star, if all of star Wars was like this, I would probably give much more of a shit because I, I totally don't. I, I totally I, agree. The, right, the like, less it leans into the like mythos stuff, the more interested I'm in it. Totally. Like, it's just, it's just not as, it's just better. Yeah. Um, and of course the whole like Jason Sudeikis stormtrooper scene uh, yes. in the finale of season one yeah. made me a Directed life. by Taika Waititi that episode. Yes. Yeah. Just totally made me a uh, Mandalorian stan uh, just because it's like, yo, that actually is the best thing I've ever seen in Star Wars. Yeah. It's, it's very good. Uh, there are a couple episodes I'd recommend in Boba Fett once you finish Mandalorian, but not the whole series because the whole series has some issues. But okay. Well, I can live with that. Episodes. You know, I can live with that. So, so yeah, that's, that's what I've been watching. Um, yeah, that's good. Cause like, uh, you know, this has come up a lot and every basically every spare minute of my day which is not a lot because new babies are a pain in the ass sure um has gone to elden ring so mm. it's very boring whenever i like share this part of the show so i'm glad that you had a lot of other options um to share that Good. is helpful cool let me thank the following people for writing reviews for the besties karyatic i think is how i'm going to pronounce that ella l bailey M. Lothar, Hypocrisy 000, and Just a Good Listening Boy. Thank you for writing reviews for the besties on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to Jeff Bacalar for joining us on this very special episode of the besties, which featured no one else but just me and Jeff. It was a delight. It was, it was a flashback to the 404 days, which I love. Yeah, thank you for letting me talk about pinball. It's, uh, I don't get to do it a lot, so I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, my pleasure, my pleasure. <laughs> Uh, next week, we have Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origins, I think is the full title, something like that. I don't know how I'm going to feel about this game. I've, I've read some interesting things about it. It makes me more interested than I would be in a normal fi Final Fantasy game. But we'll see how uh, me and the gang feel about it next Jam, week. Jam was talking about it on, on the Bombcast, and he's like, I hate this game, but I actually love it. I was like, okay. Yeah, I've heard dumb Elden Ring is what, yeah, how yeah, it's been yeah. described to me. And and I'm kind of into that. That that makes me interested. Uh, thanks, Jeff. Where can people find you? Uh, I, I'm at Jeff Bacalar on pretty much everything. Okay, great. Well, that's going to do it for the besties. Uh, because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Yes, did it. I agree. 
Besties.